Hi everyone and welcome to Bootstrapping SaaS. I am Val Sopi and currently I'm running Blogstatic.io, a blogging and newsletter platform. In this show, I invite guests to talk about SaaS and sometimes I run solo with an update. Today, I'm happy to welcome Brian Cassell, who is currently the founder of ZipMessage. Uh, he has sold a few businesses, founded a few more and co-hosts a podcast. We have a few mutual online friends, but we never really got to sit down and talk shop. So I'm very excited to find out what Brian's currently up to and what lessons from his journey he can share with us. So welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, Val. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, it's great to meet you. We were just uh, yes. just chatting a little bit for the first time. So this is this is a lot of fun. I, there's nothing I like better than, uh, you know, connecting with folks, uh, especially in our little industry here. Yes. Uh, from across the world, uh, but we were <laughs> we were just reminiscing about the New York area, right? <laughs> um, uh, but nothing li- like I, I like just doing this on air, so this is a lot of fun. <laughs> I know, yeah. And did I say your last name right? Uh, no, you did not. <laughs> oh, oh crap! Okay, what is it? <laughs> you know, it, it's Castle, like a Castle, castle but you but you, oh. you pronounced it literally like everybody else did oh, my, in my entire life. Uh, okay. So sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> all, all right, so it's good. Castle, like a castle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not spelled uh, that way, but that's yeah. Yeah, I had a I had last episode. Uh, Alex Mathers was on the show. He's an online friend since forever, uh, and I pronounced it as Mathers. You know, I was thinking Marshall Mathers, right? And it's spelled exactly the same. And at the end of the show, he's like, "Yeah, he didn't really say that right." So, right. so strike two for me. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'm asking everybody. That I'm having on the show, you know, I believe that we change every year, every week, even day to day, we change. So, who is Brian today? Oh man, um, <laughs> tough one. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you've been sort of following my Twitter stuff over the last couple of months, uh, it's it's really been a, a pretty big shakeup for me um, it, with mm-hmm. all my businesses. Uh, Mostly in the, in that I'm I've been selling them all off, <laughs> except okay. for except for one, uh, which is Zip Message. That that's where I'm focused these days. It's it's a SaaS product uh, for video messaging, all asynchronous. Um, it's video, but you could do audio, text, screen sharing, and uh, you know, uh, sort of similar to like a Loom uh, tool, except the difference is that it's um, for like uh, back and forth conversational asynchronous messages mm-hmm. so, so we thread it all on one page we also give you like a personal link that you could share around where people can message you um so that's that's been going pretty well over the past year but then just in the past six months i i sold my previous business audience ops i had another SaaS called process kit that i just recently sold um sold off a couple of other small little projects as well and uh now i'm you know this year 2022 i'm really just focused on zip message and i'm trying to you know do uh more podcasting um, mm-hmm. you know that's mm-hmm. just sort of the the other thing that i always consistently try to try to get out there is get on the mics but it's basically just talking on the mics on twitter and uh and working on zip message that's what i'm doing yeah the medium of podcast and man it's like so good you know like i've made so many friends the other day somebody was asking me like you know how is it podcasting i want to get you know into podcasting and how do you do it how do you grow it i'm like i don't know anything about growing it but I've met so many people. Uh, so many people know me. I know so many more people, you know, through it that I've interviewed. So That's it's really so true. Cool, you know, it, it's so true. I mean, I've been doing the Bootstrap Web podcast with right. with my buddy Jordan Gal for many years now, and literally just from that, 
Um, I mean, I've gone on a lot of as a guest on on many other podcasts, but just from having the Bootstrapped Web Show, and we put really no effort into it. We just get on a call mm-hmm. and talk every week. Um, I'm actually going to record one with him later today. Um, it, but just having that out there has been so beneficial uh, to my career, but also just enjoying what I do because I've, I've built up so many incredible relationships and friendships mm-hmm. with people who wouldn't have known who I was if, if they didn't first uh, hear about the podcast. And then I got to know them and go to conferences and go snowboarding with them and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and then, of course, it, it has definitely led to really key relationships that have in, improved my business, whether it's um, actual clients and customers or people recommending people or people that I'm working with. It's, it's been really helpful. You know, yeah, like I actually totally. don't think that podcasting um, is, is necessarily just about growing the audience. I think it's more about the, just the, the network that you can mm-hmm. grow from, from being out there. You know? Yeah. And you know, one thing I find is like, I write, you know, I blog once in a while, I tweet, but then when I get on podcasts and I record what I have to say sort of like in a freestyle way, you know, people get to know me better, you know, because through words, you know, words are sort of, you know, I don't want to say fabricated, but, you know, we, we put a lot of thought into writing them. And then when we're talking, as we're doing now, it's just like we're saying things and then that helps others put sort of a voice into the face, if I can say that, you know, it's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. For sure. It's yeah. uh, there, there's a lot more um, to connect with when you're listening to someone or, or mm-hmm. seeing them. Um, and then I, you know, it's also with podcasting, it's sort of hard because uh, for, for a brand new listener to to like um, subscribe and 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 like adopt a new podcast, that's a hard hump to get over. But then once they do start listening, if if you connect with them, then they're usually pretty loyal and, and they'll listen to you mm-hmm. every week for as long as you do it. Um, and then that's, that's a really good, um, I, I find that that's a really good relationship to have with, with an audience because like I listen to a bunch of, a bunch of podcasters every episode and, um, I'm basically giving them my full attention. I'm listening to them when I'm driving right. or when I'm walking around or exercising and, um, doing the dishes, you know, like, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, it, whereas a blog or, or Twitter, it's much more passive. Like I'll, I'll catch it in passing, but I don't really connect with the person so much if, so if I'm true. reading, you know? Yeah. I definitely want to talk about zip message moving forward, but I wanted to stop at the first thing you said that you sold uh, a few businesses that you had. Uh, I want to know what was the reason behind selling them? Uh, was it something that you wanted to get rid of? Uh, something that I guess you had to do with zip message. Uh, if you can share some of that. Yeah, sure. So, um, the, the biggest one, so so yeah, like I have done a sort of a, a series of, of exits because I had a bunch of stuff in my portfolio. Um, but the, the most significant one was Audience Ops, which was a productized service business that I ran for almost seven years. Um, and that was the biggest one that involved like a like a heavy decision on whether or not to sell it because that, that was my primary income source uh, that I sold. The other ones were, were a little bit more side side projects. Um, but the, um, the decision to sell audience ops, like I actually thought about selling it a few years earlier, um, because I was removed from the day to day. I had a great team in place and processes and, and it, it gave me 
um, really good freedom to focus on building SaaS products. And I had a couple of failed attempts at SaaS products in, in those years and, and learned a lot. But um, by the time 2021 came, came around, I was sort of ready to really move on. And, and I had started zip message by that point and, and zip message, um, you know, it, by no means it, it not anywhere close to replacing mm -hmm. the income from audience ops yet, but it's, it definitely has a faster traction and trajectory than anything else that I've built. Um, so that got me a lot more excited about zip message and, um, and really going all in on that. I also, uh, raised a bit of, uh, funding for zip message from com fund. Oh, um, okay. Uh, actually, the same month that I sold Audience Ops, I, I took that funding um, in September 2021. And um, and so, I don't know, all, all of that coming together, I, I just felt like, you know, I, I really want to go all in in terms of my focus and energy and resources. And and Audience Ops was in a really good place um, to, to to like hand off to a new owner. And, and I also felt like a sense of obligation to my team who, who's just been so incredibly awesome uh the and you know many of them have worked on audience ops for five or six years now and they continue to work there today um and, and like i wasn't really investing any new resources or energy into growth for that business which which meant i wasn't really offering my team many uh opportunities to grow and and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that so i i wanted to see that business off to to a new owner who, who who would really invest in the growth and everything and and i was able to do that so i think it was a really good outcome for for everyone there um and then the other one that was sort of a significant exit uh to a lesser extent is this process kit and i just sold that um about a month ago now um that was a SaaS product that i that i was trying to build for uh about three years and it, it got to a certain point, but then I, I personally had a, had trouble really growing it. Um, and, uh, and got a little bit burnt out on it. Uh, and, and then I, when I started zip message again, it, it sort of started to take off faster. So, um, you know, I was holding process kit for a good, for, for the past year where I wasn't really working on that anymore, but it was still going strong with a, with a batch of, of customers. And, and so I was able to find a, a really good buyer for, for that. Um, and, uh, and again, just to free up mental focus and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, cash out a little bit, but, um, uh, yeah, that, again, like now, like it, it does feel a lot better to, it's not that I was necessarily spending a lot of time on those other businesses. Um, but just the mental bandwidth that it opens up now right. that I literally only have zip message on my plate to, to focus on, um, it, it feels better. Yeah, I was going to ask you as you were talking about audience ops. I'm, I was thinking, like, why sell it if it's, you know, the processes are in place and everything is going great? But then, if you're not sort of willing, if your vision is not sort of your heart is not into it, you know, for like quite some time, and then maybe it's holding everybody else back, they could probably go further without us, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I guess my question after that was you know you you exited these products and then you said you got a, a some funding from Confund. Like why why get a funding from them if you just exited assuming that you know the you had cash yeah. to play with yeah that was um that was like another decision that i was wrestling with for a few months last year um it was it and you know for the first mm -hmm. six, like seven months of zip message i was self-funding that 
uh, out of just the profits coming off of audience ops. We're oh, basically okay. funding uh, zip message. And then, and then when I sold audience ops, um, it was sort of a question of like, yeah, I, I could take a bunch of that money and just sort of pump it right into zip message, uh, or, or, you know, I could use it to, to help my family's savings and, right. and, uh, and just extend the runway really of, um, mm -hmm. and you know, the, the funding from, from Comfund is, is not a whole lot. So it's sort of like supplementing still with some self-funding and it just really extends the, the runway out for, for zip message to really give me the space to, to focus on, on growing it, um, strategically and calmly, you know, right. And I, yeah. and I, I won't feel like under the gun to, uh, you know, uh, with like where the runway might run out and, you know, soon. So, um, yeah, just a little bit more, more comfort and space to, to play with. I mean, plus, you know, I, I, I'm pretty excited about all the support and resources that Com Fund actually provides. I mean, they've got a really fantastic network mm -hmm. of, um, of mentors and other, uh, startups in their, in their community. Um, so that's been really, really helpful to kind of connect, connect with them. Yeah, that makes sense. I exited a product last year around March. Uh, it was a decent amount of money, uh, quite a lot of it. And, you know, my first instinct was, you know, I should put this into a new product immediately. But then I was burned out before, you know, going all in on the product. So what I did is I, I kept a lot of it and then I just took consulting gigs just to keep going until I have something, mm -hmm. you know, some other product. So I totally agree with you, you know, just like having all that cash from selling something. Uh, it's not necessarily something that you want to play with right away in one of yeah. our games that we play with. Um, and also the, you know, Comfund network, which I don't know much about. I know more about Tiny Seed and Rob Walling. I follow them mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I was curious, you know, like if they actually provide the sort of resources besides the, the cash, you know, I guess cash yeah. could be found, you know, easily. If you have a product think, that has the pull, you know. Yeah, I, th I think it's pretty similar. Um, I mean, I'm I'm friends with Rob and a bunch of other people who are in Tiny Seed, uh, although I'm not on the inside there, so mm -hmm. I don't know exactly everything about it. But um, I think it's a, a pretty similar uh, concept. Uh, some some differences in terms of like the model of how they fund and everything, but like um, uh, I, I think it's great that that these things exist now for for folks right. like us and, and you know bootstrapping and and just a way to like extend the runway without having to go like big investor. Um, and, uh, and, and then plus they, they do, you know, give you these extra resources, which is nice. That is always great. Yeah, absolutely. One, one, you know, one thing I would totally apply if I had a product that sort of had the pull, I would totally apply for the tiny seat. Uh, yeah. you know, like I listen to Rob, uh, for quite some time. I'm in touch with him once in a while talking about products, quick messages here and there. And I really appreciate his sort of knowledge and everything he puts out there. So, yeah, yeah. I, th I think yeah. there, I, I think that's a great program to, to look at, obviously uh, incredible people involved there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think it's awesome. Totally, man. So let's jump in zip message. Um, you know, I, I know it's sort of like loom, but it has sort of that, uh, back and forth, I guess, if I can say that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I was curious, you know, why video when you started doing it? Is it something that you felt like the sort of market is moving that way or your background sort of led you to video? What was the reason behind starting? Yeah, there. well, the, the product or at least like the market and the use case, I learned a lot 
from that over the past year uh, as, as we onboarded customers. But like the very mm -hmm. initial idea for zip message came when I was doing customer support for process kit, the, the other SaaS that I recently right. sold. Um, so I was doing a lot of customer support where I, it, like we had a, a big Zapier integration. So a lot of the support requests would deal with the Zapier integration and I would need to see how they set up that. So I would constantly have to ask customers like, Hey, can you record a video for me and oh. show me how you set this up so I could see what you're seeing? Um, and you know, I was saying like, Hey, can you go sign up for this tool called loom? Or can you record a video and put it into mm -hmm, a Dropbox mm -hmm. link and send it back to me? And all I wanted to do was say, Hey, here's a link, click it, go to this webpage and then click record. <laughs> and, and then, right. And then show me what you're seeing. And so they don't I, have I, to register, right? Oh, do they, they don't have to register. Okay. It's, it's really zero friction. So that was the initial concept for, hmm. for the product. But then when I built it, the way that I designed it was, yes, it, it does that. You could share a link and anybody else can record, but then you can record back and then it threads your back and forth conversation all on one page. Mm -hmm. And when I showed that to people, like that whole concept really resonated um, even more. And it's not, and, and it, it resonated with a lot of people obviously doing remote work, um, but people doing like like client services or talking to freelancers or freelancers talking to their clients or SaaS teams. Like, you know, there's a lot of people are using things like, like loom and Slack and email for these like asynchronous messages back and forth, but they, they're all over the place. You're sending mm -hmm. these one way links that don't thread um, the conversation or it's just too much friction for the person on the other end. Um, and so I think, I think seeing the the frictionless aspect and the conversational aspect really started to resonate with people. So, so then over the past year, you know, it's not just customer support that I'm seeing, like as, in terms of a use case, but it's I'm seeing people hire asynchronously. You know, having like mm -hmm. like hiring interviews and and stuff like that. I'm seeing just team collaborations async, um, sales. People are sending you know messages and getting sales responses, and so. Um, uh, like customer onboarding too is another one that I like. I use that in Zip Message to onboard new people to Zip Message. I, I send them Zip Message <laughs> messages, um, and, Very and we have some really really great uh, exchanges that way. So um, yeah, it's kind of a fun project to be in. So and, and I mean, my background too is is also like I'm very I I've like obsessed with asynchronous. Um, okay. In in audience ops we literally almost never had any meetings like ever. <laughs> um, we, you know, I'll, I'll talk to a team member once or twice when we onboard them, but then exactly. after that it's all over Slack or email or video messages. Um, and then even with the clients, like, well, the, the manager and the team would, would talk to the client when they onboard them. But like after that, it's all over email, all, all async and, and it worked really, really well for us. Did you design sort of like set processes in the business for it to run like that? Yeah, it was heavily process oriented um, for sure. Uh, but also like we tried having meetings a lot. <laughs> like okay. early on I was doing like um, um, like weekly team meetings and one-on-ones and stuff. And they just seemed pointless. Like we, right. it's like, well, yeah, nothing's new. We don't really need to catch up on anything uh and the stuff that we do want to communicate about is sort of like project related mm -hmm. um 
And and I actually found, and I continue to see this to this day, that like in many ways, going asynchronous is actually better than hopping on a live Zoom call because when I'm on a live call, like let's like right now I'm working with a couple of freelancers on like marketing stuff um, for Zip Message. And if if I do like a live call with someone, then I might have a question like, hey, what are we gonna do about this problem? Or how are we gonna mm -hmm. solve that? Or how are we gonna design this? And then they gotta come back to me like on the spot with a with an answer, with an idea, with something. Right. And yes. And that's probably not their the best idea that they have to offer. It's just whatever comes to their mind right now. Yeah, and they um, want to impress maybe right there and then. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's yeah. there's a performance aspect to it. And like, but when we go async, when I'm when I'm sending zip messages back and forth, you know, I can send a question, they can receive it, think about it, go take a walk. Uh, mm -hmm. process it maybe do some research and then they can prepare their response they could they could package it up they could give me their best idea and maybe tighten it up they could re-record before they send it back to me so so now i'm getting like their like their best possible idea back and then i can give my feedback which is you know not half-baked it's not um reactive it's just let me think about that and come back to you so when we go back and forth that way it actually leads to like a better outcome like we're the the project that we're doing comes out better because we we're communicating better. You know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. That is such a great point. I see that with my kids, you know, like sometimes I ask them something and I guess they're used to, you know, responding in school, like they have to have the answer. And I'm like, you know what? Just don't, you know, do I have to answer me like right now? My son is yeah. 10, you know, like he's like a <laughs> grown up almost. <laughs> I'm like, no, just relax, you know, just tell me whenever, you know, you have the answer. So, yeah, that's such a great point, man. Like, I see that with myself when I have more time, like the consulting gigs that I, I do work for, like I have so much time to respond and I've designed it that way. Like I don't, I haven't sort of, I've trained my clients to not ask me for things urgently. Like I, I have to yeah. like process it and then get back to them. Yeah, for um, sure. And I, and yeah. I think it works really both ways. Like, like in my experience, the, the clients start to see the value in, in that form of communication too. Right. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, they're starting to see like, oh, this actually is better because all the details that I'm, that I'm conveying or the questions I'm asking, they're all getting logged in these async messages. So, so these details aren't getting missed. Whereas if you're right. sitting on an hour long zoom call, half of that person is going to yeah, you know, not not pay attention or it's going to get lost. I mean, even um, if you record it, like who's going to watch that? Ever? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I like that aspect of zip message. Also, I didn't know that you don't have to register, which, you know, is yeah. amazing because I find myself whenever I get some customer support, you know, from a block static client and I sort of I'm reluctant to tell them to record something because I know I have to take them to Loom and I mean, mm -hmm. there's a free account, but they have to register. So I really like just keep asking them, you know. Yeah. And once yeah, we have this, somebody sends it to me. Yeah, we have this flow um, where you can send a link and then the other person can actually record and post their response without registering or without downloading mm -hmm. anything into their Perfect. computer. Um, but we do have an, it's sort of optional, but we have a prompt so that the person can sort of register themselves. Right. Um, and then they can get notified of when a when a response comes back to them, um, and so then we have this like concept of like account owners, but then also like respondent users, which are free, unlimited, um, and uh, 
And yeah, that's so the account owner. Like, will pay. Yeah. Sorry, interrupted you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the yeah. account owner pays, and the respondents can. They have the option of, of registering themselves or just remaining anonymous. They could still post mm -hmm. videos without registering. Um, but then, you know, we do have this like viral loop now right. where the respondents that, yeah. can go on to like click a button and open their own account. So, yeah. It's pretty cool, man. It sounds great. Like it sounds like it's in a great trajectory, you know, from the get go. And uh, who's the client? Is it it's not individuals in your case, is it? Um, it's sort of a mix. I mean, and, and okay. that's like a, a blessing and a curse where, where it's like, it's not super niched down. Mm -hmm. it, it sort of is right now. It's, it's like in our industry of like, there's a lot of SaaS teams and, and freelancers and consultants and agencies using it. That, that tends to be where my reach tends to, tends to reach first okay. with my stuff. So, um, so we see solo users as well as teams. And, and one of our plans like allows you to like invite team members. So as a team, you can manage the, the one zip message account. Um, uh, and then like we see like larger organizations start to adopt it, you know, mm -hmm. internally with just a few people or, or a department. Um, so, yeah. So is your marketing like moving forward? Is it like, is this niche down to like a specific, I guess, industry or you're sort of like trying to hit both um, of these? channels it's it's difficult i i thought mm -hmm. i would early on but um i'm seeing a mix like okay. again like i'm seeing like SaaS teams i'm also seeing um a bunch of like coaches and communities oh wow use it for like asynchronous coaching and asynchronous like like groups like ask me anything sort of community interaction um some of that even happens publicly like people will, will tweet a, a zip message link and ask me anything about some topic you know wow. um it's pretty cool. Uh, it's making oh, it's me actually done. think. I have a personal trainer who is in UK, and uh, oh, we've had it, some like that too. We'll get yeah. trainers and like yoga people like doing yeah. Yeah, I mean, we set a Zoom meeting like once. I mean, I could you know, like once a week or every month. So it's making me think. Like, what I can do is I can actually send him sort of a zip message, an audio, just asking him what I want to ask because sometimes typing it. Writing it, it just doesn't get through without the all intonations and whatever you have to say. Yep. So I can see this like a perfect fit for that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Pretty cool. Um, so one thing I noticed, and, you know, like comparing it to Loom, uh, as far as marketing goes, I, I noticed that a couple of times uh, on Twitter, or even maybe you replied to me at one point, you sort of mentioned Loom. Is it like marketing-wise, are you going sort of head to head with one uh, company because right now with my product, I don't even know who I'm fighting with. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it's so broad. And yeah. one thing, like that's what I wanted to know, like is your choice deliberate or how does you that know, That's go? a good, good question. Um, I'm curious to know how, how you're doing with that with that, with blog static. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm lost <laughs> completely. It's, like well, I have, I have newsletters and blogging and I have Substack. Ghost, WordPress, it's like that's a mess. true. But I <laughs> yeah. like your I like how you have um uh sort of really attached the blog with the newsletter piece. Cause I feel like those have always been um very separate. Like somebody yes. would start a blog on, on a mm -hmm. WordPress or a ghost or something like that, and then and then they have a newsletter on ConvertKit mm -hmm. or MailChimp or something. Like it's 
but those should really go hand in hand, I think. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it remains, remains to be seen. I mean, it's come, the request has come from, from the client. So I was happy to, to do it. And one difference from Ghost and Substack is that I'm trying to implement that you can uh, send newsletters which have nothing to do with the actual post. So you can just send out a, an announcement of some sort, which you cannot do uh, with mm. Substack. And I don't think you can do that with Ghost. You can only send out posts one time only as a newsletter. Uh, mm, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll see that, but I want to get back to to you and, and Loom. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> I'm curious about that. Well, yeah, you know, it's it it is sort of a new approach that I'm taking now in terms of marketing and positioning against a competitor. So, like, nice, okay. With um, with Zip Message, it's just Loom. Like, there are other sort of competitors to to Zip Message, I guess, but like Loom is by far the the elephant in the room on, on this mm -hmm. one. Um, it's just everybody already knows it. And when I start talking about what zip message is, right. the the obvious question that I know is in the minds of people listening, if they don't outright ask it, is like, how is it different from Loom? You know. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I think, and, and I think Loom is great. I, I was a paying customer for for a while before Zoom before Zip Message, um, and it, and they're one of the reasons I decided to get into it because um, I have seen so so many act so much activity in how people are using Loom. And, and it seemed to me like it was a, a market that is very active, but not mm -hmm. yet overcrowded. Um, and, and I saw specific ways how this could differentiate from what they're doing. And like, like I said, there's the co conversational aspect, but also the inbound aspect. Like we have, um, you, can, you can get your own personal URL. For, you know, so you could like reserve like zipmessage.com slash blog static. Right, you know, okay. um, and, and then that, that could be like a link that you just pass around, just like you would pass around like a calendar link, uh, you know, um, so that's a little bit, and, and you can also embed that as like a video intake form on your website too. Um, so those are like a few yeah. different, like ways that were actually different in terms of the product from Loom, but like the video messaging is still like in the realm of like. So, so I'm start like just recently. I've been more open to just come right out front saying like, yeah, it's kind of like Loom, except it's different in these ways, mm -hmm. you know. And actually, it's different from Process Kit. When when I was running Process Kit, that what wasn't really my intention, but it ended up competing in the project management space, yes, project management yeah. software. See that. So yeah. everybody, everyone who used process kit was switching from like asana or ClickUp or Basecamp or one of these uh, um and so on that one i was not competing against a single player but like a whole ocean of com competitors mm -hmm. um and uh and so i i did not like actively position it against one single competitor it was just more sort of out there on its own so that that was like a little bit different from you know, it's, it's great to benchmark it sort of like against something, you know, like, especially like when you're new and people ask, like, I mean, I get, I get uh, messages from block static. You're like, what are you? Right. You know, are you WordPress? <laughs> Do I install it? <laughs> yeah. So I have to like go and hold spiel about what it is and what it is not, you know? So that's, um, that's pretty well, cool. Well, the other and thing that I like to do <laughs> from positioning is like, um, uh, I, I like to position it against uh, an activity. Basically, I, I'm mm. really trying to position it as like you replace your live calls with 
asynchronous messages onto mm -hmm. the message. You know, like it's mm -hmm. it's us versus calendar appointments and yeah. and and Zoom calls. You know, um, and that's and, and I'm really in in a lot of our content and message, especially stuff that we will be publishing later this year. Like, um, that's what I'm trying to really hammer home is like replace your live calls with async and this is how you know yeah right like what what what's the alternative and not the alternative in terms of what's the an other app but sort of like what's the other activity that's an alternative to what i am selling yeah like the product uh it does definitely make sense um, i'm curious about can, can yeah. i start to interview you about blog static sure. <laughs> let's go <laughs> the um so Static, like yes, is it um, is is it like a static site generator or, or oh, is it? Oh man, are, you should see my face right now. It's that's a great question. It yeah. was, it was. It okay. started out like that. I started out as a fully static file, like clean, no JS, nothing, not a no PHP, just nginx serving an HTML file. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how it started, and it um, it attracted developers. Yeah. But developers weren't paying because they could build stuff on their own. <laughs> so hmm. it was cute for them, but not really to a point to sort of, you know, pull out a credit card and pay for it. And then I had some clients who really didn't care about static, what static is. And they took out their credit card and they started making requests. And, and that sort of led into me removing the static part of it uh, from the app because I was adding... JavaScript and categories, and it was just becoming a big pile of mess to recreate oh. those files, you know, like with all those but was it, sort of pages. I mean, it's, it's a hosted product, right? Like, Yes, it is, yeah. And it, it's always been a hosted thing, right? It's, it's not like, yes. Uh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. That's how it will stay, I'm, I'm, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so that's how, you know, the, the static part on the name uh, the paying clients have never asked what it is or, you know, it's only my friends who ask me like, you, what is yeah. it? Why is it there? Why don't you change it? It doesn't well, make sense. I still sense, like man. it just from, <laughs> so. even, even though it might not technically be a static site. Right. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. It's to me, that implies like it's lightweight and it's fast and it's simple. Right. Yes. Like, the, uh, the promise is there. I mean, when I changed it back to sort of, um, dynamic serving files i did some benchmarks and uh, the difference was you know super minimal like yeah it wasn't just making sense you know it was more of like a like a pure thing for people that really want static files for for some reason you know mm. um but yeah i needed to focus on people who are paying honestly because that's what will keep the product alive you know yeah uh, so people that are paying are bloggers that are net not technically savvy in any sense, like they can't code. And that's who are my paying clients, like all of them. Like, I think mm -hmm. one of them is actually a developer, uh, but the rest are are just, you know, people that want to blog and send out newsletters. Um, I, so, yeah. I also really like, uh, you know, heading into a big, a, a huge market where there are some huge, obviously there's yes. WordPress and there's yes. like, yep. but I, I, I like that, you know, like that's what also attracted me to doing zip message with, loom out there and there's all these other mm -hmm, tools mm -hmm. that you know but like um i think that's a really good thing because the it, you know the word wordpress is so huge but it's like too big and and, yeah. and the app and and like um 
you know, the, the whole interface on WordPress is to me kind of terrible these days and, yes, and all it that. Is, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think yeah. my competitor right now, I think, uh, and even or, email yeah. too is like, is, is over, is bloated. Like if, it is bloated. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. um, I use customer IO for all of my okay. newsletter stuff now. Um, which is good for like the dynamic stuff that I, that I need to have running to, to run my SAS emails. But like for my personal blog, <laughs> it's way overkill for what I would need to just yeah. send out an update, you know? So. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to uh, niche down actually. Uh, you know, even if you look at ConvertKit, like they're, they're amazing. Um, Nathan Berry is great. Like I follow them for years, but uh, the service is huge and it's for like super bloggers and people that want all those options. And I want to serve this smaller thing where you can just send a newsletter and maybe yeah. see some basic stats, you know, nothing more, no drip messages of any kind yeah. yet, at least, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, uh, putting these together was interesting. It did affect new users converting, uh, not to the scale that I want yet, but it definitely was noticeable on my end, you know, just seeing people like, oh, like it does newsletters too. So I don't have to include MailChimp or ConvertKit, you know, and it's the price is low. Um, there's a lot of obstacles going ahead, like the price being low, uh, me needing a lot of people to reach uh, sort of the scale of it. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a big market for sure. I was in a productivity market before which was crowded as well, as you can, yeah. you know, as you've learned from process kit. Well, um, I guess you also have yeah. the the benefit of a little bit of like a viral thing, right? Like, does it show like, uh, well, I, I see you're doing freemium, which I'm, I'm also doing freemium for, I for am like the first for now. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, how's we'll that been going that. <laughs> I'm removing that. I just tweeted earlier before hopping oh, really? on the call. Yes, I'm getting, I'm becoming like a content moderator, man. Like it's, mm people coming on and just posting like uh, some are, you know, just prohibited stuff, not just by me, by, but where I, where I host this thing, you know, like they mm. don't allow that content and it's just like explicit and, you know, like that's attracting the free users because you don't have to, there's no sort of wall, you know, protecting me from that. So like what I'm going to do, I think moving forward is keeping the low price of $39 per year for the basic uh, blogging sort of. Oh, plan. I just realized that's per year. Oh, yeah, yeah it is, is per that year. That is very low. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I want to keep that and just say, you know what? It's like 15 days. Try it out. If you like it, it's like $3 per month. You know, it's like mm. super cheap and definitely we'll have to remove the free one. Like I wanted to keep it just for but somebody. What, but was know? there any benefit to like the marketing aspect of like, people seeing free blogs, seeing powered by blog static and coming in? Yeah, there is a benefit, you know, like a lot of people, like some of some who will not upgrade, like I will have to delete their blogs, wherever their blogs are being ranked, they're not going to be ranking anymore. Like I will lose that for sure, you know, but on, mm. on the other hand, like I don't really don't have the time to like look at everybody who registers and then what they post, like I can't. And then I think credit card will filter some of that. I'm just looking uh, yeah, at the pricing yeah. now. So what's the main difference? Um, you have, you can, you don't get the newsletters on free. You get like stats and stuff. Yeah. You get, you get, you get to blog, you get to, you know, hook up your domain and just blog, you know, basically have a blog without a newsletter. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just become a hassle. You, like what about uh, your domain? 
Can you map a domain? Uh, you could, and not anymore. Like I, I put that behind the upgrade. Uh, they weren't upgrading. Like honestly, the free accounts or types of accounts that are just swinging by, testing it, posting explicit stuff. It's like there's mm. only like I think one who's about to upgrade right now who blogs regularly, and the paying ones are like the ones that are clean and you know they're just are more serious about it. So. Right. The free part, I think the biggest benefit for me, like if I really scale that, if I were to sell block static at one point, like that would be some value to the buyer, you know, telling them like, hey, I have, you know, X amount of users and then I have X amount of free users. Yeah. It could like, you know, because you can get a lot of free users and then that would sound like bigger, you know, but those yeah. accounts are not the ones that will upgrade at least from what I'm seeing right now from people that are upgrading so far. So, well, it yeah. sounds like, um, yeah, it's, it does sound like the content moderation is probably tough to deal with. It is, but, um, yeah. but the but I wonder if if you could still have free with heavier limits placed on it, like um, yeah, like you could only post two blog posts or something like that. Like I know, I was or, or about like it, or yeah. the stuff expires, right? Like you could do something like that where it's like you could publish, but it it won't stay live for more than. 60 days or something. Oh, okay. Like I, 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 I was, could, yeah. I, we have a free plan on zip message, um, which launched, uh, a couple months ago in November okay. and, um, it has been converting and, and working pretty well for us. Um, okay. the, uh, and I, I, I made several limits that at least for right now, they're sort of working. Um, so like I set the, the recording limit at, at one minute, like you can't, make recordings longer than one minute okay um on free and that's also to limit our video costs too for, right for of the course yeah. are you are um, you dealing with content moderation on your end like are you seeing stuff that that hasn't been an issue for us at okay. least at least not yet um uh yeah because i think people still use it mostly for like private messaging with with folks okay although you, although you can have public zip message stuff um just like a youtube but it's not like we're it's, it's not that type of product mm -hmm. i don't think um and then um yeah. but then the other one is we do have a history limit so like you your um what is it i think it's 30 days on free your, your messages only live for about 30 days and then you would upgrade and, and then the other one is to reserve your own name uh, uh in the url like people upgrade for that as well Okay, you can't have that on the free account then. Right, we just give you like a random okay. string on the on the free. And are you working on this on your own, or like do you have a team? Like I was curious about that. Um, yeah, it's it's basically me, and then I have a full time developer. Uh, okay, it's actually like an agency out of India, um, but they assign one full time developer to me, and that they've been great. I've been working with them for years. Um, oh, nice. And then, um, and then I I hire like sort of like hired guns for, for like marketing stuff. So I'll hire like writers and stuff like that. Pretty cool. And going back to audience ops, like I was curious about your background, like, you know, like you did such a good job of setting that up and then exiting it, you know, it was sort of like a service business. It is, did it start like that? Like a sort of. Yeah, it um, definitely started. Um, I, I, I intended to build it as a productized service from day one uh, okay. with a team from day one. Um, so, I'm I'm not a professional writer or anything like that. Uh, so um, uh, I one of my goals 
like to me when I started, I, I launched it in 2015. And, and when I started it, like a rule for myself was like, this business is only going to work for me if, if I'm never the one actually writing articles for our clients. Okay. Um, you know, so I, I hired, I think two writers from day one and like a, an assistant. Um, and then we started building out the processes and then pretty soon I hired a project manager and then it grew to, to a point where we had like nine or 10 writers and five account managers okay. and then a team manager and a bunch of assistants and stuff like that. Um, and that was going on without you, like at some point, like just running. Yeah. Like I, I worked heavily on that business for like three years in the beginning okay. to, to grow it and, and get, grow the team and to build out our processes and revamp our processes multiple times. But then by probably around by, by 2018, I was really out, like removed myself from the day to day. Um, I was probably still doing sales calls okay. uh, for a while there, but then eventually I, I also put somebody into the sales role um, so that I was really out of it day to day. Um, and I would get like updates and stuff from my team, uh, but, and, and occasionally there would be like a problem that I would have to be pulled in to fix. But like, it was mostly like, I, it really got to a point for this last several years where I was not touching that business like more than two or three hours a month in, oh, wow. in total, you know? Um, and still getting paid from it. Yeah, I mean, it was profitable. Amazing. And, That's uh, pretty cool. Right. And is your background business? Is it like, are you a developer? Like, I don't think I know that bit. Yeah, no, I, I started as a front-end web designer. That's that's my core. Like, I started at, at a web agency mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. doing front-end uh, and then more on the design side of things. Uh, and then I left that. I became a freelance web designer in 2008. And, um, uh, I worked a lot with WordPress there for a while. And then I, I had another business before that. So like from 2010 up until 20, no, I, I, I launched this in 2012 was, was a business called restaurant engine, okay. um, which was a website, uh, builder website service for restaurants, uh, all built on WordPress. And I bootstrapped that and, and I sold that business in 2015, um, and I started audience ops at the same time I sold that business. Um, so I had, I had built that with a small team and we did a lot of like blog content as our marketing strategy. And that's how I figured out how to hire writers and build a writing process. And so then the next business audience ops sort of made sense to like, if I'm going to do a productized service, I like this, this whole right hiring writers and building that out as a end to end service for mostly SaaS companies that mm -hmm. that makes sense. That was my audience. And, uh, it sort of, sort of worked out that way. Yeah. And you've exited so many things, you know, I hear you talking it's like, I exited that, I exited that. That's pretty yeah. cool. Nothing like, huge to be honest. Um, sure. I mean, they were both, they were all like sort of significant. Um, it's not, you know, it was definitely significant money for me, but it's not one of these like several million dollar exits that you right, hear about, right, it, right. you know, um, still, still got to like, Think about what I'm working on next when I when I let one of these. I know, go. I know, but still, like you know, like I I sold one product. Uh, I was exited one, which was last year, and what it made me feel like, you know, from that point on, it was like it was sort of a sense of graduation, mm -hmm. in terms of like, oh, I could do this, huh? Like I could do this again, you know. It was like sort of years of you know trying something and then exiting, and then yeah, seeing the sure. fruits of it. I'm like, hmm, this is cool. Like, did you that really feel do like that? Yeah, you definitely really learn a ton about what makes a business valuable, for sure. Like when I sold 
restaurant engine in 2015, um, it became really clear to me exactly what was valuable about that business. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's basically the systems and processes that, that run it without me. Um, and so when I started audience ops, um, you, you probably experienced this a little bit. Like I was able to move way faster in terms of like, these yes. are, these are the important pieces to, mm -hmm. to build. And I don't need to waste my time on that kind of stuff. And, um, and I, and I knew from day one, like audience ops, like I, I thought I could build something that I could eventually sell someday, but, but really my goal when I started it was like, what's the fastest way to grow recurring revenue that could ultimately run without me. And I, I was looking at SaaS ideas at that time in 2015, but I, um, I, you know, I, my thought was like, if, if I try one of these SaaS ideas, it's going to take way too long to build it and grow it. And I would burn through all the money I had at that mm -hmm. time. So um, the productized service was the way to grow that recurring revenue a lot faster. And, and it definitely turned out that way. Um, and then eventually I was able to really remove myself so, so that I can then focus on SaaS stuff. Um, and, and, and I mean, I, you, yeah, yeah like ahead. I started like at, with a background in front end web de design and development. And then, and then once I finally like remo removed myself from the day to day on audience ops in 2018, I basically spent that whole year um, learning uh, Ruby on Rails and being able to build a, an app from front to back. Um, so that's so now I can. Which you can do much, that right now, right? Yeah, now I'm much more like full stack. Although I'm still much stronger on the front end, and and my developer is much stronger than me on on the back end. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. right, and you have the business sort of knowledge in the back to run it all. So that's an amazing, you know, plus. And uh, I was curious, like when you were running all these products. Uh, from the first one to now, like, were you focused at that product at that time? Or we are sort of juggling a few things to see if they work? Oh, I, I've, I've always been juggling uh, okay. different things um, and shifting my focus from one thing to, to the next. Um, so like back in when I was running Restaurant Engine, I started as a freelance web designer in 2008. Um, I, I didn't really, and, and then I started the Restaurant Engine business started working on it around 2011 i probably didn't actually phase out my client my freelance client work until 2012 or 2013 and then um and then i sold restaurant engine but then audience ops i i started in 2015 but i was always like i i've had this like productized course uh that i've been selling okay. since then and and i've had um and then i was running process kit uh, while running audience ops. And then, and then I started zip message. So yeah, I was juggling. And, and then I had a, a couple of other smaller SaaS ideas that didn't go very far. Um, so yeah, I was trying to sort of like jump around to different things. And then I do the podcasting stuff too. So, right. And zip message was it like when you, when you started it, like, were you sort of considering the next SaaS to start a couple of different ideas or you were sort of like pretty much yeah, your intuition it was, was set on it? It was January 2021 is when I really okay. started. Like I had the idea in late 2020, but I started coding it in 2021. And um, um, at that point, I I made the decision to, because I, I was really focused on process kit. And then it was like two and a half years into that. And, and I got a little bit frustrated with my lack of growth 
on that. Mm, um, yeah. And that's what leads to shiny object syndrome, basically. Yes. Um, so I, I did start to look around for multiple ideas, uh, but zip message was the one that I cared most about. And it also seemed to be the one that had the most legs. Um, and I was able to build between me and my developer, we were able to get the very early version built from January up until like March. It took only about three months to get like a working version up. And, and we started taking the first okay. customers in, uh, in April of 2021. So. And it is, was, was it your process to sort of validate it? Like, you know, every book talks about, or you're just like sort of, um, I know what I'm doing. I know people want this and I'm just going to go build it because I can. I think by the time I got to zip message, I definitely cared less about a formal validation process. Mm, and I cared much more about speed. Um, okay. and, and my thing was like, I, I definitely won't spend too long building before I get it into the hands of customers. Right. Um, so I, for the first test was like, can we actually build this technology? Like, can, can we actually like record a video in the browser and stuff like that? Um, that took like a month or two just to just to pass that test. And then mm-hmm. um, and then it was like, okay, I think we can do this. And then I think I announced it publicly probably around March of 2021. Um, had a landing page with a coming soon and and um, and and that got a good response. And I talked to a bunch of people who who responded to that. And then by by April I was able to get it into the hands of people and, and got the first paying customers and that that was wow. enough for me to, to say like, okay, this is starting to work. Now let's see if we can double or triple the number of customers. And mm-hmm. then that, that worked really well. And so it was sort of just like every month from there on out, it was like, all right, like I'm, I'm just continuously putting this to the test. Like, will it continue to work? And then, you know, by the summer and fall of 2021, it was clear, like um, it's, you know, people are signing up and paying at a, faster rate than other stuff and it continues so it's on a pretty good trajectory yeah so it had that pull right you mentioned before like compared to other products that you've built like how did that feel like like what do you know when do you know like there's a pull i don't think i've ever experienced that honestly like blockstatic yeah. is better than what i've done with other apps but it's still not where i'm like oh look at that like people are you know really yeah happens. i mean to be honest like where i sit today it's still not i i, I don't i wouldn't necessarily call it like um it's it's not in the promised land yet like it's okay. you know it, it's just on a faster like so are already in the eight or nine months since we've had paying customers it's already surpassed the number of customers and the number and the and the revenue okay. amount that i had on process kit um so that immediately tells me like okay shorter period of time faster growth um okay. but it, but it's still not like um uh you know, like SaaS in general just right. takes a long time to grow. So it's still, it's still on that path. Um, uh, but it's, I, I also see that it's like a broader people, more people get it the, the instant that they see it. Like they, they see it, they're like, oh, I get it. That makes sense. And, and that's worth signing up for. Whereas like mm-hmm. other products, it, it really resonates with a small group um, but most other people are like, yeah, that's interesting, but it's not for me, you know? Um, and, uh, so that, that helps as well. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, I'm still waiting for that to happen with one of my products. You know, I see other people like, oh my God, like the, um, 
What was the other one that uh, yesterday or the other day raised about 35 million vi video, mm. is it? You uh, know, like Veed. Veed, yeah, Veed.io yeah. or something, yeah. So uh, one of his tweets, one of the co-founders' tweets said, you know, like, from the beginning, the product had the pull. And whenever I hear that, I'm like, like, no matter what marketing you do, like, you could do an amazing marketing, but if it's an okay product, you're always finding yourself to do some more marketing, new stuff. You're always pushing, you know, uphill. Yep. And whereas you have a product that is, you know, being pulled out of shelves by clients, and then it's much easier, you know, like Justin talks about this a lot. Yeah, um, for you sure. Know, like, yeah, like just people lining up to sign up and, and convert. So uh, yeah, it makes I things easier. Yeah. I think we need to be careful with that. Like, I, I really resonate with what Justin's talking about with the, okay. um, with like the, uh, catching a wave of demand like mm -hmm. it, it, it does totally make sense and i i do start to feel some of that with zip message but you still it still needs to get out there like um it it, it still needs exposure uh yeah and and that's that's what i'm trying to do right now like we did a product hunt launch i'm trying to go out on more podcasts mm -hmm. um and uh and just get more people talking about it i'm, I'm doing content I'm, and so like like, yes, we have like a viral loop. Yes, it seems to be an idea that resonates with people, but that that alone doesn't drive more people to our homepage to see what it is, you know. Um, like one thing I, I want to understand, like wh where is the point where we are, you know, where we feel like we're pushing too much? Like I know initially you have to, um, you have to do some things to put it out there. Like I was replying to a tweet by is it AJ of card? Um, oh, yeah. I don't, yep. I don't even know his real name. Uh, and I had replied to him. And I said, you know, was the sort of the, the demand uh, for card right from the beginning. And he said, he replied, he said, I initially did some pushing. But then from that point on, it's been uphill all the way. That's a really like, good question. I, you know, where do you stop? Like, where do you say, hey, this is, I'm pushing too much. Like, this is insane. Like, I'm friends with a bunch of SaaS founders who, who are really successful and they've been at, they've been working on their SaaS for years and, mm -hmm. and they've, and they've crossed that, um, what do you call it? Like, that like flywheel Chasm. where, where yeah. it just sort of grows naturally. Um, okay. but I, I always sort of, I love asking that same question to people like, what happened in the first year to get it going? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and what I tend to come away with is first of all, there's no one, uh, answer and there's no one marketing channel that it's, it's usually, they did a lot of activity and it usually involves getting a, a large amount of exposure. Either they themselves have an audience or, or somebody with an audience mentioned it or had them on as a guest that that's one common thing, or they have a. They, they did some integrations and a mm -hmm. large integration partner helped, helped give them the, the first initial boost. Um, and, and then in, in other cases, it's like a bunch of small things start to add up like a, like a successful product hunt launch. Um, uh, you know, it, like blog or SEO content, but that takes a long time. Like that's not going to hit in one year. Yeah. Um, so, so I think it's just sort of like doing a lot of activity and then, and then by, by being out there and doing more activity, one or two or three of these things starts to bring a spike of users. And then, 
And then if that can sustain and, and get the MRR level to uh, really more importantly, like the number of customer level up to a point, then, then the natural word of mouth starts to uh, kick in and come, come into play. Um, but I, I think that there still needs to be like a, like an effort on um, investing into marketing. It's just that it's not like I, everybody loves to talk about like, Oh, we're going to double down on SEO and we're just going to focus on that. I mean, I, mm -hmm. Like, sure, you got to do some some SEO work, but like you also got to do a lot of other stuff and just keep, you know, and I struggle with that for sure. I, I don't um, I don't know what I'm doing on marketing. I just try to be as active as possible until something right. hits, you know. Um, yeah. So. No, I mean, I, I guess my biggest fear is always like, you know, what if I'm working on a dud? Like, what if it never pick up, you know, like I'm wasting all this precious time where I could. Yeah, I, I. I fear that you too. Know, I don't um, know what's that called. That probably has a name. Well, that's what that's what I came to at the end when when I uh, decided to sell Process Kit, or really months before that, when I decided to stop working on it and I started working mm -hmm. on Zip Message. It was like, look, I really tried to focus on this for two and a half years, and it didn't cross into uh, an MRR level okay. that I was comfortable with for that amount of time. Um, okay. And and I I did that that was a conscious decision. It was like, I, I don't want to spend another year, um, on, on this, what I thought was like too slow of a trajectory. Um, so you had a deadline, I guess, at some point you said, you go, okay, I'm going through May and then I'm done in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think it was sort of like, uh, as, as time went on, I got more and more, uh, impatient with the, with the growth, uh, you know, and that's, yeah. It's like I still I still like the product, and I think that the new owner has a really good trajectory for it. Um, and and you know what? It, it also came to like I could see how this product could be grown in certain ways, like with adding a consulting piece or or going heavy into a certain industry or something like that. Um, but that became less interesting to me uh, mm -hmm. as as a whole, and 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 also like that to looked like several more years of of hacking away on it um yeah and yeah yeah the beauty of us being like sort of uh you know online entrepreneurs founders that we can call it quits in a way whenever we want if we see that you know yeah and also like the market way. for selling <laughs> apps now especially in 2020 and 2021 and, and beyond like um it definitely opened up. <laughs> I mean, with things like yeah. micro acquire and, and, uh, and oh just my, the market yeah. in general for people buying mm -hmm. SaaS. it, a, a friend, uh, said to me like a, about the, the sort of the nice thing about being in this industry and, and building a, a, a SaaS is that like, even if it doesn't grow to that, like yes. sustainable level, we right. still, we're still lucky to have this like escape hatch to be able mm -hmm. to sell it for a significant exit. Um, uh, and, and sort of move on without having to just completely like shut it down at, at a loss, you know? Yeah, totally. You know, it's a great time, you know, honestly, like even with micro acquire or there are, there are probably other ones too, right? Where you can flip oh, yeah. a, a product. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, micro acquire is taking off because it's basically free uh, for the seller and, um, okay. and it's, you know, it's a really uh, huge market now. Um, but there's, That's there's amazing, other brokers yeah. out there and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they've been around for quite a while and then one of them goes and, you know, sort of picks up. And that's very interesting to me. Like I, 
you know, I know there's no science behind it. I probably there is somewhere, but then you're like, hey, there were these 10 products before it. And here's another one who's just the same, but probably had one tweak on the pricing or whatever else on branding or. Yeah, I, like, I mean, for me yeah, as a seller, um, it's definitely it was definitely the the fact that it's free that I don't pay a broker fee on selling yeah. it. Um, yeah. I've worked with a broker before uh, <clears throat> and um, it was a great experience. I definitely see the value that a broker brings um, in terms of like qualifying the buyer or finding the buyer and making sure the deal the deal goes smoothly. That's definitely true. Mm-hmm. But um, at this relatively lower level of, of deal, um, it's a significant, it's usually a significant uh, chunk of change. To, yeah. <laughs> um, and MicroAcquire sort of came into the market. It was like, look, there's this huge pool of people who want to buy SaaS businesses and you don't need to pay a broker to do it. Um, yeah. But, Plus the exposure. You know, yeah. It, but I mean, like, it yeah. does come with a lot of noise. Like I had to go through a lot of tire kickers and people who are buyers who are not serious. And yeah, there was definitely some of that too. And, and so it was a little, little tricky, but you know, it worked. Yeah. So cool, man. Hey, I've I've reached my limit of my episodes. Oh, wow. One hour. I think we're getting closer to like being one of the longest episodes. I usually try to keep it at 30 minutes because me, myself, (laughs) like I, I, that's how, how much time I have when I'm driving because I listen to podcasts when I'm driving. Yeah, and that's yeah, like you know the longest drive that I have in a in a you know in a week yeah. maybe. We're gonna start so, like competing with uh, with Rogan here, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, it was awesome man meeting you. I mean, all this time we haven't gotten to chat ever, and we have all these like mutual friends and acquaintances, and yeah. it's really cool. You know, like I've run across your uh, stuff from Process Kit, uh, and I've seen it because I was running a similar product. It was like Project Manager. Mm. uh so uh which i exited thankfully you know <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely <laughs> was, a tough market oh, for sure. yeah i got lucky with it super lucky and uh a lot of lessons there but uh yeah, yeah man well, is there anything that i forgot to ask you maybe that you know you'd no, like to share no this was a great um, chat I, I love doing awesome. uh stuff like this i i, I love podcasts like this where yes. you know a couple of people just talking about what what we're working on and uh you know it was definitely uh great to meet you and uh and yeah, hopefully we, we can keep in touch. And awesome. I'll, I'll and where can people find show. you? Somebody that who has never met you. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. That's mostly where I'm hanging out. Uh, it's at CastJam. Um, my site, of course, I'm working on is zipmessage.com. And uh, and I also co-host a, a podcast similar to this one called uh, Bootstrapped Web. Awesome. And did you guys change the name of that? I know you were talking about it. <laughs> No, we, because, uh, you know, we, we've both taken funding now, so it's, maybe the name <laughs> right. doesn't, uh, doesn't really apply anymore, but no, right. still that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I enjoyed, you know, listening to you guys and uh, yeah, pretty cool. All right, man. I, I hope to catch up again in a couple of months, you know, um, and talk about zip message and everything else you're, you know, you're, you're working on and all the stuff you yeah. shared here, like they're super valuable to me and to the listeners. Like I learned so much just from talking to you for one hour or so. That's Thank awesome. You for yeah, that. I yeah this was fun. That. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Val. Yeah, awesome, man. All right, so talk soon then. All right. <laughs>